Hey guys, welcome to the Kevin and Fred show. My name is Kevin Kaufman. I'm your host. And I just want to say thank you for taking some time out to listen with us this week. Do me a favor. If you don't mind, before we get to today's guest, head on over to ratethispodcast.com. That is ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA. That stands for next level agents. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA and leave us a review or just go to any podcast player that you prefer and uh, look us up, The Kevin and Fred Show, and please leave us a review. That is the best way to support our efforts here in the show. All right, let's get to today's episode. All right, dude. So, um, Josh Smith, what's up, man? It's been a minute. And uh, yeah, what's up, brother? we had a chance to connect, you and I were just sort of laughing. We we're texting this weekend. Uh, it, and I got to tell you, dude. I know you feel bad about it, but I want to give you permission to not feel bad about it anymore because I've forgotten about it. So you reminded me that we were going to record and do we've been on each other's show like a couple of times now we each over the years and we were going to record another one. I don't even remember. Was it last year or was it the year before? And, uh, and you didn't show up and I like texted you. I was like, and you're like, oh man, I fucking forgot. Or it's not like, you know, I was like, I literally, bro, I forgot about it until you, until we were texting the other day. Um, so number one, permission to like, forgive yourself, please. Uh, but number two, what I found more interesting is what you just started to say to me where I was like, hold on, let's record, which is kind of the, why you like the mindset you were in, um, you were taking some time off, dude. So let's catch up there. Like what, what kind of time off did you take and what was that like for you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that, man. And, and, and I appreciate your, your, you know, understanding and and with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we go back a long time with good friends. I know how busy you are. I have so much respect for you. So the fact I I wasted your time, you know, I just, I hate when people waste my time. So I, you know, it's, it's not a habit. I, I try to, uh, you know, like I'm always, you know, I'm if you're not five minutes early, you're late kind of a guy, you know? Right. So, um, uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I, this was this over, I mean, I think this was, I mean, it was about a year ago or, or whatever it was. I can't remember the exact time frame, but yeah, no, I had just, uh, man, I was at a funky time in my life, dude. I was at a time where, you know, um, uh, I was for the first time really in my, my entire life, dude, I was contemplating. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was contemplating like, dude, do I just fucking sell it all? I just, I'd lost a lot of drive motivation, um, uh, and, uh, was really due to like, I was at the point where I was shopping, like looking for farms and I was ready to go fucking buy a farm dude. And just, just you know, go sell everything, be done, go, go live off the grid, you know? Um, and, uh, and that, that was really speaking to me, dude. So, you know, when we, you and I had scheduled that, um, and at that time, like I wasn't taking meetings, but with you being a homie, I was like, yeah, I'll jump on your podcast. But I got so used to not having a damn thing to do each and every day that I wasn't checking my calendar. And uh, that day it came up, dude, I just, like I told you, I had no good reason to miss it other than I just wasn't even looking at my calendar. I forgot about it. And, uh, uh, you know, so I didn't even have a valid excuse or a reason. But yeah, that's where I was at, man, and, and gained a lot of clarity from that, which what was really interesting was after that forced time off, because in the beginning it was a desired then it got to the point where it was pain and I wanted to jump back into things. But I was like, all right, man, if I was having these feelings, maybe I need to give myself enough time, you know, to really get clarity on what I truly want. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, well, just, just turned 41. So this is when I, you know, just turned 40 right before I turned 40 as, as this time was going on. And I was like, all right, man, like, what, what, what do I do with the next half of my life or so, you know? And, and so I forced myself as painful as it was, dude, to, to you know, take, it was almost it was about eight full months. It was almost a full wow. year that, that, um, 
you know, I, I had, uh, and I still had some work. I mean, I still have businesses, so I had, you know, some work commitment, but it was minimum, you know, I mean, it was, you know, a few hours a week, dude, of, yeah. of just, you know, mandatory things. And, you know, luckily I've got a lot of great people that work inside my different organizations that were able to, you know, continue running the show and grow the businesses without my involvement at that time. So, um, uh, but the interesting part, dude, is through all of that, um, it reignited the fire, the passion, the desire, and the clarity that I had was, dude, I want to keep doing the same shit, just do more of it. Like it wasn't anything different. It wasn't anything new, you know, and part of me, you know, after, as I reflect on it, it's like, I kicked myself for taking that time off. Cause you always, you know, I lost momentum and, you know, you know, whatever, but the blessing of that was, and why I think it was a good thing is, you know, now I have more clarity, more drive. I'm, you know, like I'm more certain that this is the right path than ever before. Yeah, dude. So the reason I, I was so interested in talking about that, cause I know that probably felt like a weird place to start was I went through a similar patch this year. Um, so you and I were, I'll get this out before the end of the year. So it's, you know, we're recording though. It's like the end of November, uh, just for timestamp sakes in 2022. And, uh, earlier this year, I don't know what it was, man. My grandfather passed away and then, and totally unexpected, like, um, like shocked the whole family and kind of like the one, like, you know, the, he was like the grandfather that everybody was close to, you know, like that guy fixed everybody's cars, like, like that grandfather. And then uh, a couple weeks later, more expected, but still painful. Uh, my uncle passed away. Um, so I don't know if it was like combination of that. And then, you know, my primary business, like the real estate team had really gotten to, it'd been a, it just been in a really good place. Like it's a seventh level, you know, it's really been a seventh level business for, for me for years. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, it was easy and enjoyful because I didn't do a lot with like there, it doesn't require a lot. It didn't require a lot. And so I, I don't know, like, it's funny, the more time I had on my hands, the more time I felt sort of, um, unsure of what I should be doing next. And so I went through this whole thing, like really the whole spring and sometime in like March, I was like, you know what, this year for summer vacation, like I normally just take mostly take July off and go to San Diego. Like I'm taking June and July off and I, you know, I'm not really working. Um, and so, so I did that. And I think that was really after sort of sitting still for the better part of 60 days, like my mind started racing again and I kind of started get, getting into it. And even just now, I feel like though, I'm just sort of getting clarity because then I had a bunch of pent up stuff to do August, September, October. Um, and now it's kind of like things are just starting to come out clear, but very similar to you, like truthfully what I'm, what I'm doing now going forward, what Fred and I are focused on now going forward, isn't a whole lot different. If anything, it's just a better version of what we had been doing. But it took that dude, it took some downtime. And I, I, I had the same thought, bro. Like I was kind of like, I, I wasn't necessarily going to go by farm, but I was thinking like, uh, you know what, like, what do I do, man? I was, I was having some real conversations with myself and with anybody I can get to listen to me. Cause I was unsure of what the hell to do. Um, so I can, so it's interesting to me. Do you, was there, was there anything that led you to back to your answer that, or anything that, that helps you kind of get back to clarity? Dude, I, um, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there was, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, you, 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 you spend enough time just sitting alone with you. Now, when I say alone, I mean, I've got three young kids and I'm, yeah. married, 
you know, got two dogs. There's no real alone time. Also with that, I mean, they're in school, they're doing their things. They got their friends. So it was a, it was the most time in solitude I'd, I'd ever spent. I, you know, I'm always a, I always being an introvert like I am. I mean, solitude is really important to me, but that was even more so, you know, cause in order to, to, you know, really get extreme clarity, you know, I've found at least for me, dude, I have to remove the noise, man. You know, when, when you're, you're addicted to your phone, you're looking at social media, you go, go, go client, 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 business, 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 meeting, 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 you know, fucking putting out fire after fire. And then it's like, then you, you know, get done with that. You jam home, you know, have dinner with the family, hang out with them. Now you're exhausted. You pass out, you go to bed, you get up, you work out, you like, and you do that on repeat for, but for me, it was, you know, almost 20 years that I've been, you know, in the real estate business, but just go, 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 dude. I mean, it's 18 years now. Um, uh, uh, it, it was that, again, that first time that I, again, was able to really slow down enough to think deeply enough, you know, about those different things that I wanted. Um, and through that, yeah. And I work with a great peak performance mindset coach, you know, I guess the kind of like a Tony Robbins style coach, you know, that she's a psychologist by trade and, and, uh, but works with entrepreneurs and, and executives and so forth names, uh, uh, Camille Rose Taylor. And uh, so did a lot of work with her, you know, just trying to gain that clarity. She's the best person that I found that for me to help me gain that clarity and, you know, a lot of self-development and, and, you know, just listening to myself internally, dude. Um, uh, so, you know, as I started looking at these other things and as I started, you know, jumping on planes to look at other properties, and, you know, doing all of this other stuff, man, it just, I just felt, you know, I could just, I could just internally feel it, man. Just that calling back to, no, this is what I really want. Like, I'm not done yet, man. My, this game isn't over for me. I'm not done. You know, as I really said, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with myself? You know, I go buy this farm. Like, I'm going to get bored. And really through that time, what's interesting is, you know, I have so many friends that have done very well in the business world that were able to sell for big exits. And it seems like all of them, man, within about that, that six month time frame, they hit this wall where it's like, they, I mean, even though financially they're set for life, like they can't retire. Like, like you just get to a point, like, what the fuck are you going to do with yourself? What the fuck are you going to do with your life? And I really got to the point, dude, like, and this is where I said, when I hit that pain point and I forced myself to kind of sit in that pain for longer, uh, 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 you know, just so I didn't rush the decision, you know, dude, I, I got, I started to get more miserable than like, you know, like you think, Oh, like having this time off and dude, I, it was the most miserable time, man. Like I was, I, I was getting depressed. Like I was getting into a bad state, dude. Like, um, you know, where I'm most happy is, you know, when, when I'm expanding, when I'm growing, when I'm, you know, when I'm like learning and building and growing, even if I'm struggling in that moment, you know, um, uh, let's just say business is, is maybe down, I'm losing money. You know, we've all had those times in our business career, you know, um, but it, it, that, that challenge, man, you know, that's what excites me. And that's what, and, and having that missing from my life, you know, I, I don't know if this is a hundred percent true, but I heard at one point that the average person ends up dying five years within, or like after retirement. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like, okay, like that makes, it makes sense to me. And, and it really became apparent of dude, like I was getting, I was allowing myself to get into this decay mode. You know, I truly believe if we're not growing, we're dying and I wasn't growing anymore. And, and yeah, I mean, I was reading books and, but I was like, what the fuck am I going to try to be Socrates and just sit on the beach and fucking become a philosopher, you know? Right? <laughs> you know? Um, uh, so, um, you know, I just went through that pain point and just had this burning desire just to, to get back into it. And, and, and then I started looking at too, of, you know, other, okay, like if I sell all this stuff, 
then maybe I can just go manage my own money, invest in this other stuff. So I started looking at, you know, some different things and talking to other mentors that that are heavy in that path. And it, it just became apparent to me personally that, dude, this was the path, man, like real estate. You know, I have a, a just a, an obsession, a deep love for it, man. It changed every aspect of my life. I wouldn't, you know, not just from a financial perspective. I mean, people talk about it all the time, but I'm like, you know, just, just from all the people I've met and the mentors and the, the, the connections and, you know, it's, it's really improved every aspect of my life. And I'm like, this is what I need to be, dude. This is it's what I love. It's what I'm you know obsessed with. It's, it's where my people are at. Um, and, uh, but it gave me that clarity of, of that full knowing of this is the lane I need to be in that I'm supposed to be in for the rest of my life. Yeah, dude, I, dude, I so resonate with, with what you said. I kind of felt the same thing. Um, one of the things I said to Fred or, earlier this year was like, uh, and I mean that like, no one should feel, no one should feel bad for you. No one should feel bad for me. We're, we're both incredibly lucky, blessed, whatever word you want to put on it. Like we've had, we've, we've been very fortunate. We live great lives. But one of the things I said to Fred, and I think you might be able to relate to this is like, dude, at least before, if I was like uninterested, we had to eat next month. And so I had that to rely on. Like I had, I guess I kind of had like my fight or flight maybe to rely on, to be able to get me excited about getting up and going, going at it the next day. Um, and so it's funny, dude, I went through this, I've went through a very similar thing. Um, you know, and gosh, dude, this morning I was out walking my dog. Um, and super early in the morning, cause I just woke up early today and, uh, I was listening to, to this podcast I, I love on business called my first million. I don't, I don't know if you ever heard it. Um, but just two smart, really smart guys, founders that have, you know, had some decent size exits and they're just business idea guys. Nonetheless, the point of it today, they were talking about exits. Like they've both have been through an exit recently, but they both got some, uh, friends that have been through it and experience exactly what you just referred to of like, Hey, they get, you know, 90, 180 days in. And it's like this thing that they thought was going to be awesome kind of becomes hell. The thing that I found interesting was like the way some of their friends that they, they gave examples of sort of got to whatever their, their piece was. Right. So for some, it was like going back and building something big and started something, you know, all over again. Uh, other one, it was like, just more of like, Hey, I turned a hobby into a business and that made it fun for me again. Stuff like that for me, dude, I read a book uh, called die with zero. Have you read that? Yep. That book fucking shook me like legit just sort of grabbed me. And it's funny. Cause that's more about like, in a way not working uh, as much. And, but it really forced me to think about certain things and kind of put priority on things and, and just sort of think about well, optimizing life in a different way. And, uh, and I think that that kind of helped me get back sort of on the road to, to being, to being more focused. So I, I love hearing kind of your journey there and where you've been. And I think similar, I came up with the thought of like, I know what I'm really good at. <laughs> like, am I going to go start something new tomorrow outside of this and be able to, I couldn't even replicate this in five years if I tried right. Like without some real dumb luck, like I should probably just lean into the thing that I already love doing and love being around, which is, in, you know, in the real estate world. So love that. So dude, after all this, like what's going on in your mind now? Like what, where's, what's, uh, what was the next year or two look like for you? Um, just massive growth, dude. You know, um, you know, obviously with, with the time that we're in right now, and I, I'm guessing that the vast majority of, of those watching or listening to this podcast are tied to the real estate industry. 
you know, there, there's uh, a lot of big shifts taking place right now, man. Um, and, um, you know, I want to take advantage of, of this time. I, I think it's, it's going to be the opportunity of our lifetimes to go out there and, and position ourselves, you know, in a better position than, than ever before. You know, um, from what I see, you know, I, I believe that this is going to be worse than 2008. I believe that we're going to go into a global depression. Um, but historically, times of depressions and, and deep recessions, there's more millionaires and billionaires created than any other time. And the opportunities that are going to be had, you know, it's interesting. I was just talking with uh, uh, my Facebook marketing rep, if you want, Meta. You know, once you start spending a certain sort of out spend on there, they, they you get assigned direct reps, you know, that work at Meta to, to help you grow and scale your ads. And you know, I was having a conversation with the amount of marketers that are dropping off from the Meta platform, you know, and, and you could see it in their stock price. I mean, they're down what about 50% valuation. And, you know, um, but that to me is just showing, okay, like this is that time, dude. Like I, I want to be the firefighter. Do you and I've always done this in business, you know, um, I did the same thing leading into 2008. You know, it's like, okay, when everybody else was dropping back in marketing, drop back in ad spend, laying off people. It's like, dude, okay, I could, I could scale up my ad spend um, and get new leads at a discount because they're cheaper, you know, at, at that point. I could hire more additional staff at a discount, you know, and of course you got to be intelligent with this stuff. I'm not trying to tell anybody to go out there and be fiscally responsible. You know, I'm tracking everything. I'm making sure everything's getting the right ROI, you know, like, I mean, you got to be fiscally responsible with this stuff, especially during times like this. You know, but man, I'm just uh, just freaking excited about. I mean, when I say that, that might come off bad. In that, I hate seeing people get hurt through in bad, rough financial times. But that's inevitable. I can't control that. It's yeah. you know. So if I'm looking at the silver lining with it, like I can't control this manufactured collapse that's taking place right now. It's it's beyond my control, dude. You know, right? Um, you know, but I'm gonna take full advantage of it and make the best out of it that I possibly can. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, I got a lot of big things going on, man. We've, you know, made in the past few months since I've been, you know, back at this full time now, you know, I made some of the biggest acquisitions and, and the biggest moves that I've ever made in my career. And I've got a few more that I'm in the middle of right now, you know, just to go out there and grow and expand on all fronts, dude. That's awesome, man. So um, you are, so I've, you know, does that include, I mean, dude, you've done so much in the coaching and training space for real estate agents over the last decade, uh, at least the last decade. Like, is, I'm assuming, is that part of your growth plans too? Or are you going to go out and expand what you've been doing there? Yeah, yeah. All like all fronts, everything, but everything real estate, dude. Um, you know, I I had several of the companies that were not tied to the real estate industry, which I've exited all from uh, from all other than my supplement company. So I still have that, but that's, you know, I mean, I've got a great business partner that, that does all of the formulations and, you know, so everything else, you know, I've got a great, like, and, and honestly, not only my passion about that, it's kind of like a, a business that's a hobby for me. Yeah. Um, um, but I learn so I'm almost learned more about real estate from that industry, you know, cause like when you are trying to go out there and market and scale e-commerce, especially in a, a saturated business, like supplements, dude, you know, um, it, it forces me to level up and everything else that I do at such a, a massive scale. So, you know, that that's, uh, um, but it, it doesn't require an insane amount of time. So, um, but everything else, I mean, at this point, you have, I've got, um, you know, really three main focuses, man, you know, grow, growing on the brokerage side, you know, the real estate company side, like growing, expanding that, um, uh, growing, expanding the the coaching side bigger than I ever have in the past. And then I've got my software company, um, which is website in a CRM for, for real estate agents, 
you know, um, but they all three are also, you know, one of the mistakes I made in the past, dude, with businesses, you know, so several years ago, you know, I got to the point where I had about a dozen different businesses simultaneously. And my thought process was, okay, let me go out there and create this back end team. You know, so I had bookkeepers, I had developers, I had videographers, graphic designers, you know, and, 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 you know, loving back in operations like I do and also marketing like I do. I'm like, let me go out there and, and gain strategic partnerships with others that like they're, they're badasses in their space. Like they, they know their space. They're amazing at it. They're the name, they're the face, they're the knowledge base, but they don't know how to, they don't know they're bad at the back end, you know? Right. So, which is most business owners. Right. Um, and then I'm like, my team will manage the back end. And, and, you know, then I'm, my thought process was like, shit, I can go out there and, and have a hundred of these strategic partnerships um, and really scale this. The, the thing I didn't account for, there's two things I didn't account for. Number one was, the difficulty of learning each different avatar and the amount of time that that really takes to get that really intimate knowledge that we need to have success with, with marketing and, uh, 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 you know, just overall improving that experience and really nailing all those things you got to nail. Like you really got to know your ideal client, your avatar at an intimate level. Um, so the time it took for, for different, like, dude, like I was out there working at a consulting firm with, with nationwide physicians in the concierge physician kind of optimal health space. So like, I'm having to like, you know, work with doctors on, on reading, you know, like upselling blood work and upset, like all this different, like, and then I jump over here to, to apparel. Then I jump over here to, you know, work, workout programs. And I jump over here, like all these different, you know, so, and then the second component uh, that I didn't account for was managing the different strong personalities of each different business partner, you know, um, um, and, and there's a, a lot of great lessons. It was the biggest costly mistake of my life, you know, um, um, you know, multiple, you know, it was seven figure plus, you know, uh, a mistake, you know, cause with, when I exited for each of my partners, dude, I was now part of that partnership too. In most cases, you know, I was also the bank, you know, right. Um, which I'd get that paid back to me and, you know, uh, uh, uh so forth. But with that, you know, cause I felt bad cause it got to the point where the first point in my life that I each and every day was, I had to break a commitment to somebody. It was like, okay, who would I break a commitment to today? My wife, my kids or a business partner. You know, so it was like the first time in my life I got to the point where I was beyond a capacity where I couldn't pull my own weight. And, and there's a lot of guilt I was feeling, you know, and so forth. And um, uh, so I went to, you know, all my partners and was just like, hey, I need out. You don't need to buy me out. Um, um, you don't need to give me anything back. I'll make sure you're set up, make sure that you're able to succeed. You know, um, I just need it out, dude. You know, and, and I, I get criticized for that from many others, you know, but for me, it was you know, this thing of like, look, man, it was my fault. Like all my partners were amazing. They didn't do anything wrong. Like I overcommitted, dude, you know, right. It was my fault. So I felt it was the right thing to do. Um, you know, but the learning lesson was massive, but one of the biggest learning lessons that I had with it is, okay. Yeah. You can layer on multiple different businesses, but they all have to be in the same ecosystem, you yeah. know? So it's like, okay, like, you know, and you know, we didn't talk about the, you know, the podcast, but, um, you know, like that's the main hub that then feeds everything else. So it's like, you know, like, okay, 42% of our software clients, I mean, we've, you know, uh, over the years, you know, acquired, you know, thousands of software clients um, all throughout North America, um, you know, realtors, team leaders, and broker owners, you know, utilizing our software without ever having to spend a marketing dollar. You know, 42% of my coaching clients end up signing up for the software, even though it's not part of the program, they don't need it. 
you know, but they see that, hey, man, all your, you know, everything's already built in here, all your scripts, all your fault, like everything's already built in here, you know, so they end up just, you know, going out there and, and you know, so each thing, when each thing, when you have it set up, each thing can feed that thing, um, that next thing, and it's all in the same ecosystem. I mean, an example of this is if you have a real estate team or a brokerage, yeah, um, and, and you do a JV with title, you know, you do a JV with mortgage, you know, you start adding these ancillaries where it's like, okay, with those JVs, okay, yeah, I've got this, you know, this other team in place over here, this other product over here, but it's like, if I just grow my real estate business, you know, right, these are other services that, that the more I have my real estate business, like, that's just more deals I can send my lender, more deals I can send my title company, like it all lives in that same ecosystem, even though they're, yeah, they're technically separate businesses, you know, um, but they all kind of, again, live in that same ecosystem. So, you know, that, that, that was like the most important lesson I've learned there. So now it's, you know, I felt like, okay, I needed that, the, the right vehicle set up in that ecosystem. So then I can go out there and scale it and identifying, you know, what's that big domino that knocks over the rest. Would you, let me ask you this. If you could go back and talk to yourself prior to entering all those businesses to, I guess, to kind of a two-part question, what advice in hindsight would you give yourself? And uh, maybe the more important question, would, would that version of Josh even fucking have listened? To uh, to the wiser Josh, yeah, that's that's the tough part, dude. Because it, it, you know, at that time, to be honest with you, um, you know, there was a big part of me internally that um, you know hadn't felt like I made it in business because it was real estate, which is weird. I don't know why I felt that, but I like felt like I needed to you know prove to myself that I could have success in other ventures. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it just really attracted me, dude. And I just, you know, so I don't know, man, because I, I felt this like burnt, like I I needed that internally, you know. Um, um, and and dude, like, it, I mean, each of those were, yeah. I mean, it was it lost money, time, momentum, energy, you know, all of those things, dude. Um, I mean, if you start counting in lost revenue from the distraction of like, like, like the lost revenue that my business is. That because you know when you had when I got to that point where I had those you know dozen different businesses, and I was was well above my capacity, everything started coming down. So we're not just talking like not investment startup capital, but then you know lost like dude, I mean lost revenue that my my coaching company wasn't making. You know all of those things. You know I mean it, it gets into you know multi million dollar mistake. Um, but it was such a powerful lesson to be learned. Um, and. You know, so so I do. I'm so much better for it. You know, so I don't know. I mean, to me, it, it's I don't like to live in the shoulda, woulda, coulda. It, it's you know, dude. It was a powerful lesson that I, I learned. I, I there may be a part of me that needed to learn that. Um, uh, uh, I'm glad I went through it, as painful as it was, dude. I'm I'm blessed that I went through it. You know, I know a lot of people don't look at that. You know, that I've had multiple times now where I fucking have lost everything, and you know, then I've had to rebuild. It's, it's kind of like a cycle I've, I've went through and, and maybe that's on a subconscious level, dude, that when things get too comfortable, like I, I, you know, who knows what it is, you know, um, but also for me on a core value standpoint, this might sound bad or weird or, or whatever, but I really don't give a fuck about money. You know, to me, it's a piece of paper. It's, it's like, I, I want to have enough, you know, um, but outside, like, I don't, it's, it's, it's not what really drives me, you know? So, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, 
but to answer, yeah, maybe my uh, my old self, or if I had that conversation, I wouldn't have listened, you know. Um, um, but again, I, like, dude, the lessons I learned from it were were have been monumental. Um, uh, but if if I could go, like, the advice I give people all the time right now is, you know, number one, never start another business until you've got the right team, the right people, like, until you've gotten to the point where you've you you've got this machine built, where you're fully able to step out and give that new venture your full focus and the focus that it needs you know, to go out there and, and, and really start crushing it. it. Like as an example, I didn't start my second business until you know, I'd been in the real estate business for almost eight years or a little bit, maybe even over eight years, you know, but I had already built up my team, you know, to a point where, you know, had a badass, you know, ops manager, you know, it, it, that was replaced me as the team leader. So then I could go out there and devote 60, 70, 80 hours of my uh, uh, a week, you know, to starting the coaching company and the podcast, you know, and other things. So, you know, um, um, you know, I see so many that like before they're ready, they want to jump into that next thing, you know, um, um, but then from there, you know, like making sure that ecosystem, dude, is, you know, like I talked about, dude, like, you know, I would have, I would have never done it now, you know, right? Like, I, I, so if I would have known that, if I, if, if I, you know, could talk to myself about that today and just explain the, the importance of the ecosystem, you know, and have everything, the things that feed off of each other, you know, um, uh, you know, I wish to God I would have known that and and understood that, but maybe I had to go through it to understand it. Yeah. Different, uh, difference between knowing and understanding, dude. Huge fucking oh, difference. No doubt. Uh, maybe a better way to ask you the question would be, uh, let's say it was me. Let's say I'm like getting ready to make the same decisions that Josh, you know, when uh, Josh, you know, 1.2 made uh, and you saw that coming, like, how would you coach me or, you know, or advise me knowing what, you know, having gone through what you've gone through, would, would it be to, uh, you know, would, would it be for me to, to dive into it? I'm obviously, I'm just making myself up as like the problem, not actually trying to do that, but like, would, as if you were my coach or mentor, would you be saying, Hey, avoid this at all costs? Here's why. Or do you think your approach would be like, Hey, be calculated, but go do it. Kind of like, you know, when you let, you let your kid fall off the bike type of deal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, I, w- I would have highly advised you to not do it. And, and you know, I mean, just for, for the reasons that I've already, already, already you know, repeated there. Um, um, and, and you know, one, one thing I'm always going back to, dude, and, and this is my advice to other people, even though I don't follow it personally, is, you know, like, look, dude, if, if I gave all my energy and attention and focus to one thing, um, uh, to one business, you know, I mean, it could be so massive. I could, you know, cause w- when you're running multiple different businesses, even, even if they all feed off the same ecosystem to a point, I should, I'm going to kind of backtrack my words here a little bit, but you know, um, like it's different if you go out there and grow a brokerage and you start adding the ancillaries, you know, um, that's like a, a, having a movie theater that also offers candy and fucking soda and, and popcorn, right? Like that's just smart business, you know? Um, um, but what I mean by this is, okay, if I gave all of me to my real estate business versus trying to give, you know, a third of me to my bu- real estate business, a third of me to my software business, a third, because there's still t- three different teams, three different total products, three different sets of headaches and, and challenges. And, you know, so then from there, it's like, as a CEO, I'm split into thirds on each different business, you know, um, you know, and the reality is, is okay, guy, like we see like, you know, Elon Musk going out there and pulling this shit off, but like, dude, there's only one Elon Musk. Like I got to deal in reality. He's like, 
you know, I might have some skills and talents, but I, I'm not that dude, man. Um, um, and also at the same point, you know, like health and fitness is important to me. My kids are important to me and my, my family, you know, like I want to spend that time, I'm not willing to, you know, sacrifice, you know, and be an absent father and, and, you know, have, have a failed marriage and, and have shitty health either, you know? Right. So, um, um, you know, so, so looking at that, yeah, I mean, I, I would, you know, that's the advice I really try to get, but be strategic with it, setting up those ecosystems, you know, um, when, when it makes sense, you know, like as an example, like I'll just use a title company JV as an example, like there's going to be a, like, you need to have a certain production coming in, you know, but then even there, like, even though that's a JV, you still got to carry the flag. You still got to have enough time and energy and be in a position where you still can, go out there and promote it correctly and make sure it's set up correctly and make sure that, you know, the fulfillment side is done correctly. Like nothing there's like people even talk about like, you know, like real estate. Oh, it's just residual or, or passive income. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But like nothing comes without a headache, nothing like there, it all takes time, energy, you know, so being ready that you're prepared and, and, and mapping out that the right times inside your business where it makes sense, you know, from a, a, a size growth standpoint, a financial standpoint and a time standpoint, you know, to bring on these next pillars, you know, but, but yeah, I would tell anybody that, that I possibly could to avoid jumping into, you know, having, it's like, okay, like I have my real estate business and then go open up a donut shop or something, you know? Um, yeah. It's like, okay, if that's a hobby of yours and, and, you know, okay. But you know, if they're not going to feed each other and say like, it's going to create a lot more resistance, dude. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, to go back to something you said a second ago, I think a lot of folks um, we we mix up the words or 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 we tend to think that residual uh, and passive are the same things. Like residual income, it's just that just means it keeps coming. It doesn't mean that it's passive. Like even in a passive business, like my like example, my rev share business at EXP, like. It, it's residual. Yes. The check, you know, like owning a, like a, if I owned an independent brokerage, like it's residual in the sense that it comes every month and every year, et cetera, but it's not passive in the sense that I don't do anything like you got, like you've got to do things. And, and most businesses, um, like, you know, especially in startup mode or, or, uh, or early stage mode, like you're, you're working a lot. Like there's a whole lot more active work that you that goes into building residual income that may one day or may or may not ever become passive. Right. Yeah. Well, um, and, and to your point, dude, like with, with your downline, right. At EXP, you know, so if we look at, okay, if, if we repeat what happened and and during the great financial crisis, I mean, what nationwide there's about, you know, somewhere between, I don't I can't remember the exact numbers, but somewhere between 30 to 40% of, of agents dropped out during that time, just pieced out. Like we, we, you know, went from like 1.3 million down to a million or whatever it was, you know, right. Um, um, so then from there, you know, it's it's like, okay, if you want to then maintain even the amount of money that you're making, like you always got to be adding to it, you know, but then, you know, right, like you got to be supporting those agents, you got to be helping them, you know, grow and expand doing that production. So hopefully they don't become a statistic. So like at some point, if you start to neglect it, even if you think it's residual or passive, it's going to shrink, it's going to be impacted, even past. I mean, just look at like right now, it's what's I mean, we have the worst the worst stock market in the last 50 years, the worst bond market that we've seen in 250 years, you know? So if you were passive in, in, in like, if you were passive with your 401k or your IRA or, or, you know, <laughs> you know, or if you're playing in the bond space, like you've taken a, a hard hit and you're going to like the hard hit is just, beginning. It's, just it's like round you one, know, right? Like people yeah. have no idea how fucked things are right now, dude. Um, you know, uh, 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 so 
and, and it, dude, I talk to people, you know, family members all the time that are, you know, oh, well, dude, my 401k just hoping that, and then I'm like, like, what are you doing with it? Dude? Like, why don't you fucking yank that? And, you know, now I'm not a financial advisor, so don't, you know, but it's like, why don't you yank that and put it into T-bills or something? Like, like you know, uh, uh, it's like everybody I know right now that, that I look up to is, you know, my mentors that, you know, has net worth a hell lot more than I do. You know, like right now they're all in preservation mode. You know, it's, it's like they're not trying to look at making money right now. They're just trying to preserve the money that they have, dude. And, and if they can go out there and, and park, it's like, why are interest rates going up so high, high right now? It's because all the fucking money that's, you know, going into MBSs is, is, is going into T-bills, you know, because we have this global sell-off of, of T-bills because the, the strength of the USR globally is forcing, you know, countries like Japan and, and throughout the EU to liquidate their U.S. treasuries. Um, well, they need to go out there and have buyers for that. So you look at these yields on on you know the treasury your treasuries that's risk free money so if I can as an investor go get five percent park it over here for risk free money all that money's going over there to the point right now where central banks and the treasury department have to practice yield curve control and are having to buy up all this debt even though they're not supposed to be quantitative easing but that's essentially what they're doing behind the scenes and not telling us you know because it's getting so out of control if that wasn't taking place then mortgage rates would probably be eight percent right now um, um or or even higher maybe ten percent you know um. You know, so, so yeah, dude, there's no such thing. Like you neglect something, dude, you, you, you're you going to get hurt. Yeah, dude. Uh, no, not about it. Uh, gosh, that's uh, I'm, so much to, to unpack there. Um, when you think about that, so, I mean, hopefully the listener didn't just get depressed over the, for, over the last three minutes, but like, when you think of opportunity, kind of go back to something we were taught, we, you talked about a few minutes ago, which is, uh, listen, man, uh, Nothing could ever be better for my business than, than a, 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 I'll say a crashed market. I don't want there to be a crashed market. Truthfully, I, we probably have a little bit different viewpoints, but that, that doesn't matter on to what degree the degree is like things have changed and they're going to continue to change and not be good for the foreseeable future. With that in mind, from a business strategy standpoint, what are you most excited about that, like as a real estate agent or, and or investor? Um, what do you think about like, Hey, over the next say year or two that really just gets you excited? So, so there's, there's a couple components with this. And again, man, when I say it, it's, it's, it's not like, like, look, I wish these things didn't happen, you know? Um, but I can't control that. They, so I have to adapt and shift to them, you know? Um, um, now when people talk about a crash market, you know, let's talk about the difference between a crash and a correction. The crash is just beyond 20%. So Phoenix is already in a crash right now. Right. Like if you look at how much our real estate markets depreciated and then you stack onto that with the rate of inflation, like we're all we've already we're already technically in a market crash, you know, and there's lots of different ways that this stuff can go out. Now, I don't have a crystal ball now in, in Phoenix. I know that our market is kind of a, a boom and bust market. So a lot of the country or whoever's listening to this may not be in that 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 state yet, you know, um, but it's like, OK, if the real estate market stays stable. And I don't know if this is still their predictions, but you saw like Redfin and Zillow, you know, last uh, uh, year or so, like, you know, I saw all these predictions of, oh, well, you know, we'll, the market will slow down. We'll probably have like a 3% inflate, uh, 3% real estate appreciation for, for years to come. So let's just say that takes place, right? So you got 3% year over year real estate appreciation. Well, with inflation that we're experiencing right now, let's just say yeah. at 8%. I was that can, that's being kind at 8%. It might really be more like nine or 10 yeah, well, dude, I mean, true inflation is is around 16.4% today. Like if we were to calculate it, 
Like it always gets compared to, oh, this is the worst that we've seen in 40 years. Always gets compared to the, you know, the 70s and early 80s, that that decade time frame of that stagflation, that you know, high inflation period. However, Clinton's administration changed the calculations of how we calculate CPI because you got to understand that that's how Social Security is paid off, you know, whatever. So, you know, they're going to go out there and manipulate the numbers. And, 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 and look, I don't think that's a good thing, bad, you know, whatever it just is what it is. I don't think in terms of good, bad, it just fucking is what it is. So if you look at and if you calculate and you go to shadow stats to look at these where they, they calculate these models, like if you look at, OK, how we calculated inflation back in the 70s, how we calculated historically pre Clinton's administration, We'd be at 16.4% right now. Fucking uh, unemployment would be 25% right now. And they're telling us it's 3.5%, 3.6%. But they don't calculate in... Um, um, you know, the, the, the non-job participation rates and all those things like they used to. Right. Um, um, so, but let's just say we, we stay at 8%, you know, and over that same 10 year period. So you got 10 years where you got 3%. So you got real estate prices going up 3% year over year, but you got cost of life inflation going up at 8%, right? Well, over that 10 year period of time, you had a 50% correction in the real estate market. So so both can go up and we could still have a correction slash crash if you want to look at it in those terms, right? Um, um, Now, I don't, well, I, I think we are 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 going to crash and burn and crash and burn hard for, you know, um, um, a multitude of different reasons. But the the average consumer today is in a way worse off position prior to the great financial crisis. You know, we're in the biggest all asset bubble of of all times, right? Like all asset class bubble of all time in recorded history on all all fronts. We're also in the biggest debt bubble of all times on a magnitude of scale that we've never seen before. I mean, if you look at just government debt globally, it's on balance. Are, 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 you know, on, like they're, they're on balance sheet debt. So if you look at the United States, you got $30 trillion of on balance sheet debt roughly, but then the off balance sheet debt is closer to about 150, 150 trillion, you know, right? So when you, so, but on balance sheet debt that we are aware of, there's over $300 trillion of just government debt. Then you look at like the derivatives market, you know, they're, 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 nobody really knows how much is, but you know, the most brilliant minds out there predict that there's over a quadrillion dollars in the derivatives market. You know, so when you look at record high amounts of government debt, corporate debt, um, consumer debt, you know, you look at like right now, dude, you got over a trillion dollars here in the United States and student loan debt that is still in forbearance. that's not being charged. You only got 700 billion that is actually being, you know, so, so you got $1.7 trillion of just student loan debt in the United States. So you, you look at all these people that are already paycheck to paycheck. You got one in six households right now in America that can't even afford the utility bills. They're behind on utility bills. You know, so then you add, you know, there's a reason why they keep pushing this shit out, you know, right? You know, right now today you got 15,000 daily car repos taking place here in the United States to the point where the banks are not taking those to auction because the second they do, they have to realize those on their balance sheet and they're afraid that that alone will put them into a liquidity crisis. And if you look at the great financial crisis, what caused that? A liquidity crisis. When we could blame it on real estate, you blame it on whatever else, but it came down to a liquidity crisis. And, you know, so when I look at all of these different fronts, um, um, I'm like, dude, there, there's no, because the, the other difference between like, like 2008 was that was a U.S. problem that spilled over that the rest of the world felt and, and, and it hurt, you know, when you had the biggest economy in the, on the planet and, and it, you know, gets crushed, you know, the rest of the world's going to feel that, you know, right now, this is a global problem to the point where as bad as our problems are, we're like in the best position out of everybody else yeah. and we're fucked, you know, right? So, 
you know, this is, you know, like, I don't know how this gets fixed. I truly believe that the system actually broke in 2008, was never fixed. They just kept band-aiding it, band-aiding it, band-aiding it, band-aiding it. And now we're finally facing that music, you know. But with that being said, I know you talked about earlier of, of oh, well, you know, that might have depressed everybody. And look, you, have, you know, to me, I'd rather know if somebody's coming to punch me in the face so I can get the hell out of the way. Like, I'm just like, I want to deal in realities, you know, like be careful of, just going out there and trying to listen to content that just re-solidifies the narrative that you hope to be true. You know, that's, that's typically what people do with self-development, watching YouTube and so forth. You know, for me, like, dude, I analyze all aspects of it, you know, of, 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 you know, I mean, from people that, that don't believe we're going to head into the recession to all the way to the extremes, you know, and then from there, I'll make up my own conclusions, but I'm going to always operate from a hope for the best plan for the worst. I hope none of this stuff happens. But I'm going to plan for it. I'm planning right now on the worst real estate housing crash that our country's ever seen. Now, 2008, the great financial crisis was the worst housing market that we've ever experienced. So I'm planning on this to be more severe. Now, hopefully it doesn't happen. And, and part of me does hope that it happens, though. You know, right? When you look at like last year's example, your average first time buyer throughout the country is like 37 years old. That's not fucking healthy long term as a country. You know, so what we got to really ask ourselves is do we want our dollar to be worth more or less? You know, like we can keep appreciating all of this shit. But that just means that our dollar, like, you know, the money that you're making is worth less, less and less and less and less. Like, do you want your dollar to be stronger? Do you want it to be worth or do you want it to be weaker? Do you want it to be stronger? That means we're going to have to go through these deflationary times. Um, um, uh, you know, so I think long term, even though we go through some pain, it'll be good for us as a country. You know, plus, dude, like we just need a slap as a country, you know, right? Like, and this is just me kind of getting, you know, personal on this, but it's like, you know, uh, 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 good times create weak people, you know, hard times create strong people, right? So like all this political correctness, and that's a manifestation of a weak society, you know, right? Like we get too focused on stupid shit because life's been too good for so long, you know, um, we um, create shit to be mad about. Yeah. 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 I think that all of this will be good, you know, you know, overall, even though we got to go through some pain, you know, to, to get there, but then from there, you know, okay. The amount of real estate, like, like we got to understand that <clears throat> historically, I'm just going to speak specific to real estate here. Um, uh, historically, real estate's always traded hands, always has, always will. You know, even though transaction count is down right now, I would argue, though, that the amount of realtors dropping out right now and or that are just disengaged, depressed, unmotivated, just not doing shit, even if they're keeping their license and hanging on, the amount of the disengaged and those opting out is, is far greater than the amount of lesser transactions taking place. So it means then that the pie is bigger, that much bigger for those of us that are willing to go out there and and, and hit it hard, man, and, and go out there and, and crush it and do whatever it takes to go out there and succeed. Now, you know, during transition of shifts, that's the toughest time, you know, because there's going to be that time where when the shift is extreme enough, there will be apparent ideal clients that the market is great for. And, and by that, I mean, like you look at like BlackRock right now, you know, they've raised over $60 billion in just the last, or over 50 billion, sorry, in the last 60 days. Um, and that's just what they've already raised. They're, they're going to be raising a hell of a lot more to come in and start. And all of this is for single family attached properties, you know, right? So once the, the market cracks or crashes to a point where their cap rates are, are at where they need to be for their model, they're going to come in and start swallowing up so much property. You got companies like uh, 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 blockpower.io that are looking to buy over 100 million units in North America turn them into green, smart properties and go out there and rent them out. Like those all need realtors to go out there and, and help those people out. There'll be a point in time where it's great for a traditional investor to come back in and get good ROIs. There'll be time where, you know, it, it's, uh, 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 you know, um, 
uh, affordable again for regular buyers, you know? And so like the market, there's no, I look at this as always, there's no such thing as a good market or a bad market. The market is always good for somebody. We just need to identify whom the market is good for pivot and shift and adapt our marketing, our prospect and our efforts to whom the market is good for. Now, one of the difficult parts though is in the beginning stages of a transition, you go through this gray area phase where it's like not necessarily great for sellers, not necessarily great for investors, not necessarily great for buyers, you know, well then at that point. So that's kind of where we are right now. And I look at it like what transactions are in about 52% or whatever here in, 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 you know, the Phoenix market. So then, okay, if there's 50% less transactions happening, well, then I got to double generate double the amount of leads. I got to follow up twice as much to go out there and do the same business. But again, eventually with the amount of agents dropping out, um, um, uh, so the bigger piece of pie to be had, and as it becomes more apparent for who, you know, who the market is good for, like at that point, you know, like there's, it's, it's going to be dude game over, man. And and you and I went through this before there's going to, what, what we'll see whether, you know, I, I, you know, we're already starting to prep and, and get reeducated, you know, with our team for short sales. Cause I think that we'll start to see some of those hardships in the next six months. You know, we're not marketing for it. We're not prospecting for it. We're just getting ready. Cause I, I believe that we'll be there in the next six months where we start to see enough of them to make it make sense to start targeting it again. Um, I don't know if REO is going to happen in the same way. Um, if you look at what HUD's been doing with packaging them up and shifting BlackRock and, so I don't know if, you know, Fannie and, and Fred are going to follow that model now that BlackRock essentially is the main major institutional investor, you know, in those organizations now, um, um, you know, but short sales I can control, you know, but then from there, it's it getting that that clarity. On, OK, who is the market good for? You know, so I'm looking, OK, who's buying, who's selling, why are they buying, why are they selling, where are they coming from, where are they going? Like, like who is the market currently good for? So we start focusing on this. I'm like, OK, right now it's great for like I want buyers right now. That buyers are in control. I want buyers right now. You know, like for the first time in my business, do my buyer business right now, my buyers 67% of my business right now today. Wow. You know, more skewed than it's ever been, right? Um, but we're like, dude, I want buyers, they're in control. Listings, you know, kind of more of a pain in the ass right now. Not that we're not taking them, but you know, from a prospecting marketing standpoint, we're going after buyers. You know, but then from there, I'm like, okay, if I start looking at Oh, okay, buy a house stay here in Phoenix versus a year ago. Probably get that house for let's just say a hundred thousand dollars less today. You know, at a certain price point than than you could a year ago. Um, um, you know, a year ago you'd have to settle for the property, settle for the location. You'd be competing against fifty other offers. You'd have to pay the appraisal gap. Um, seller wouldn't do shit for repairs. So it's like okay, today now you can go. There's three times the inventory, so you can find exactly what you want. Right. You're not competing against anybody else. You get that house for 50 to 100,000 dollars less. You're not having to pay the difference for the appraisal gap. Um, you get the seller to do repairs, you know, but even with all those. So all that sounds great. But even with that, because interest rates, you know, if you look at that today, interest rates, even though the house is 100,000 dollars less, like you look at 600,000 dollars house today versus or a 600,000 dollars house, it, 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 you know, last year. Versus a five hundred thousand dollar house today, if a twenty percent down conventional buyer with an interest rate differential, it's still like five hundred dollars more a month for that buyer today that's buying that house. You know, so then from there, it's like, okay, well, how do we solve that problem? How do we go out there and solve that affordability issue? So then I'm sitting there like, okay, well, who's desperate right now? Okay, I know builders are, are they got over a twelve months worth of inventory sitting on their their, and these builders are smart people do they're, they're multi-billion dollar organizations they're smart they they know what's going on they know how ugly this is going to get if anybody's willing to will and deal it's going to be builders so we just went out and negotiated with all the builders in in, in our market that they you know markets that we work with like hey look we got buyers all day long for your product we just need you to offer a big enough incentive to buy down that interest rate so then we're like and this is where i'm just kind of breaking you down the strategy of 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 you know how my mind works you know when it comes to identifying who we're going to target 
and then what are marketing and prospecting looks like for them because the amount of speed with this market shift like you got to get good you know you got to get trained at this you know mentally um uh, so when i say the market's always good for somebody this is what i'm talking about is how to go through this process you know so then from there you know we're like okay well well what, what's the amount of concessions that we can get them you know, okay, well, you got a 20% down conventional buyer, you can get up to 9% seller concessions. So then we're like, okay, well, we got to focus in a price point areas and so forth that aren't FHA, that aren't first time buyers that this, you know, so if I can get 9% of a seller concession, let's say we're using two to 3% of that for closing costs, that gives us, you know, five to, or I'm sorry, six to 7% for that rate buy down. So then now we can go out there and get those interest rates back below, let's just say 4% or, or you know, depends on, on, you know, where they're at that, that day um, uh, for that. But then now on every single metric, it's the best time that we've seen to buy since 2019. So then our marketing, our messaging is like, hey, right now is the absolute best time to buy in the last three plus years here in the Phoenix area, you know, Phoenix metro market. Boom, here's why, you know, and showing them that and articulating that because as real estate professionals, our job is just to articulate we're the best guide to get them from where they're at to the, where they want to go. So we need to be able to identify, okay, well, who are we going to help? Right. What are their pain points that they're experiencing? What are they, like what's prohibiting them from moving forward? And this is why I love obstacles, right? So I'm listening to all these obstacles. I'm just like, I'm hearing interest rates, interest rates. Interest. Okay, well, if I can solve that problem for you, you know, then then you move forward. Yeah, 100 percent Okay, cool. Let's let's go out there and solve that. You know, um, um, you know, we had to do the same thing in 2020, 2021 on the on the uh, the uh, in, in a different way, you know, and I'm sure a year from now it'll be massively different than what we're doing today. But you know, it's just adapting, shifting, and we're fucking crushing it. That's fucking awesome, dude. I uh, just listening to you talk there for the last five or so minutes, like reminded me of like what a fucking brilliant marketer you are. Like you understand how to, um, how to look at the problems and turn them into opportunities. Um, you've always done that in, in all the markets, all the different things that I think you said 18 years for you. Um, I just hit 15 years earlier this year. Like we, we've seen some changes, man. Uh, in our, in our time, in our still relatively short period of time, uh, in the, in the industry. And, uh, and yeah, dude, I I'm, I'm of the same belief system, which is, um, the market doesn't determine whether or not you're successful, your strategy does like, or I should say rather the market determines your strategy or the strategy required to be successful. Um, but that's it. Like, it really doesn't matter. And, and it's funny. It sounds to me from a strategic standpoint, also that you're excited about what's going on right now and what's to come. So am I, I love, I love the change, uh, in, uh, in market, uh, dynamics. It's requiring a skill set that hasn't been required in a while. It's requiring just a different viewpoint and to your, to, as well, to your point, the, the, the piece of the pie or the percentage of the pie that's available is actually getting bigger, not smaller. Yep. Yeah, 100%, dude. And, and and you hit the nail on the head, man. It's And this comes to the mindset, per, you know, uh, portion of this, which is like 90% of the game, right? Um, uh, uh, but it's it's truly knowing and understanding that success is always internal. It's never external, so right? So if true. I'm sitting there blaming the market for my success or lack of success, let's just say I'm blaming it for my lack of success. That is a loser victimhood mindset, right? That is me saying it's out of my control, you know, that's just like blaming other, blaming your parents, blame, you know, whatever, like, dude, like that, that, that's going to get you nowhere. That's what victims do. That's what losers do. Winners understand that success is always internal. The market has nothing to do to, you know, when it comes to dictating your success, you do, you know, so it's, it's here are the cards that have been dealt. 
How do I go out there and best play these cards? Yeah, you know, here's my goals. I'm gonna hit my goals regardless. How do I got to pivot, shift, you know, shift, adjust? That puts you in that proactive state with that understanding that you are in full control. And here's here's proof. Any best listeners in any market. Go, go look between 2008 and 2012, which again is, is going to be the worst market in recorded history in the United States. Um, I guarantee you are going to find realtors, team leaders, and broker owners that were fucking murdered during that time. That's just proof to you that, dude, during the world, like, okay, people were out there crushing. Now you just got to pick and choose. Is it going to be you like, or somebody else? Business is a zero-sum game. Somebody's winning, somebody's losing. Just pick and choose what fucking side you want to be on. Dude, it's so that's so fucking true. Josh, uh, bro, I could sit here and have this conversation for two more hours. I think I think we're set to to extend our conversation later this week as it is. Uh, and we'll do that on the GSD mode podcast. Um, where else is that the best place for for our folks to find you? GSD mode? Yep, gsdmode.com. You can then uh, you know, check out the podcast. It's got links wherever the podcast is, you know. Um, but everything else is on there. You know, if they want information about the coaching company, I got a bunch of free training, free resources on there too, information about the software, all that. So gsdmode.com. Guys, I'm just gonna say this. I've had like I've been in Josh and I are in each other's backyards. Um had him on the show a few times. I've had a lot of my friends on the show that coach. Uh, and most anybody, if I let them on, it's because I believe in them. Uh, but I will say like, I've seen this guy, uh, and it's what I appreciate about you, dude, is you just fucking give and give and give. And yeah, you have something to sell too for the people that want to buy it. But even when there's nothing to buy, I see you constantly giving and giving and giving, whether that's at a live event over zooms teaching, like, bro, one time you came, you, I'm sure you remember this. You came in and did a webinar for my Facebook group. It was going to be like an hour. You went three and a half fucking hours because you just were on a roll. And I was getting text messages all day long about that uh, from like a hundred people. And I love that about you. I love the way you give. I love the way you share. I love the way you think, dude. And I'm just, uh, I'm glad that we got to reconnect today. I'm looking forward to uh, to running it back in a few days. Yeah, me too, man. It's been an honor, brother. Appreciate you. Right on, guys. We'll see you next week. And uh, Josh, I'll talk to you again in a couple of days, dude. All right, sounds good. Peace. Later. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty, and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.